Gossip affects all of us at one point or another, and many of us, you know, many times, whether you're on the receiving end of it, you've been hurt by gossip, or whether you're in a conversation that just ended up messier than you intended, there are ways to navigate these kinds of conversations, though, in a way that leaves other people feeling honored and protected by you and you still able to say what needs to be said without things getting complicated. So listen up to this episode. My guest Michaela Waters is bringing the wisdom again. And also you guys need to know my merch line is officially up. So stay tuned for details around that. Let's jump in. Hi, and you're listening to Java with Jen with your host, Jenilee Samuel. is officially hot and active. I launched it today with this episode. So this is the official live announcement. Now I have dripped it out on Instagram. So if you were following on Instagram, you got early access with a coupon code, but have no fear. I have a coupon code for you guys. If you go to javawithjenmerch.com, javawithjenmerch.com, you can use the code JWJ15 and you'll get 15% off of your purchase. Now it's only active through Sunday. So if you're gonna buy something, buy it this weekend. Otherwise, come back. I'm gonna have discount codes for all kinds of things in the future, but I'm just super excited with the launch. I wanted to give you guys a little uh, extra discount to get some things in your cart and get your hands on stuff. Listen, I'm looking at these designs and I wanna buy everything. Not just because I made them, but I literally, they're sweatshirts. I have some crop, I have a crop sweatshirt, a crop t-shirt, and then we've got, I'm working on making some leggings um, with some matching tank top and sports bra to go with it. There's mugs up, there's t-shirts for guys and hoodies for guys as well. So there's all kinds of fun stuff. Go check it out, javawithjenmerch.com. And I'm going to have to force myself to step away from my computer and stop designing things so I can sleep and eat because it's just so much fun. So go check it out. Spread the word. And your discount code is JWJ15. All right, you guys, thanks so much for coming back again. This is another week at Java with Jen, and I have the privilege of Miss Michaela Waters, which she was on the show with me last week. For those of you who didn't catch it last week, we talked about how to teach your kids to hear God's voice. It was a great episode, um, and so I'd encourage you to go back and listen to it. But in this episode, we want to talk about a topic um, that I feel like gets a lot of Uh, traditional negative press in the church can sound very religious and can sound very legalistic, but we want to really capture what we feel like is, is God's heart behind cautioning us against gossip. Gossip is celebrated in our culture. It is condemned in the church, even though it's practiced in both (laughs) the church and the world. Um, But Michaela and I were even kind of putting our heads together, trying to figure out, hey, why is why it, what is God's heart behind cautioning us towards gossip? So that's where we're going in today's episode. But first, for those of you who didn't catch who Michaela is, I just want to reintroduce her to you if you didn't catch last week's episode. But Michaela is a wonderful woman of God. She and her husband pastor a Chi Alpha in Kingsville. And where is that, Michaela, by the way? It's like 45 minutes south of Corpus, about 200 or 200, two hours from the border. 
Okay, I kept thinking Corpus, so I wasn't totally wrong. Okay, so they have been doing that for um, quite a few years, seven to 10 years, I think you guys have been passing yes. ministering. And um, she and I met at a, just a young adults gathering in our area where my husband was speaking and she and I just hit it off. And so she was so gracious to come on my show. She's full of wisdom. So I wanted to bring her on here to enrich you guys. So Michaela, thank you for being here yet again. Yes, I love it. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Okay. So Michaela and I were talking about what's God's heart behind gossip and Michaela has a great analogy she's going to lead with. But first I just want to set up like our heart behind this topic. I don't want this to be another um, message where all you hear is all the things you shouldn't be doing, because I feel like the church has way too much of that going on without capturing God's heart. God is a good God. He has a kind fathering heart and everything he asks us not to do is for our good. And I believe that gossip is in direct opposition to the mandate God's put on our lives. The word says that we have been given a ministry of reconciliation and reconciliation should be the platform, the vehicle that everything that we do rides upon because that's God's heart. He's trying to reconcile a lost world to himself. And so gossip specifically is, um, is a sharp weapon because as sons of God, we're made in God's image and God in the kingdom, everything is voice activated. God spoke the world into existence through your confession. You are made right with God through your repentance. You are made um, clean with God through confession that God is the savior. You are brought into fellowship with him. And so like the, our words are actually the vehicle of our power and they're empowered by our faith. And so gossip is something that happens with our words that we don't realize that it can become really, really damaging both spiritually and relationally. And so we want to dig into it, but we want to dig into it with the premise, understanding that it's because our heart and our desire is to have reconciliation at the bottom of everything we do as children of God. So I hope I set that up well. So go ahead and Michaela, go ahead and share the analogy that that kind of was an eye opener for you about about gossip and how to handle it. Yeah, yeah. So Winky Prattney has heavily influenced our our life and he's just an amazing man of God. And um, he has a whole um, series on loyalty and um, murmuring gossip, all this kind of stuff. And it was interesting how he paralleled it with leprosy in the Bible. Um you know, in the, in the old Testament, God was very strict, especially like if you had leprosy, what's interesting is people that had leprosy were always, almost always related with rebellion. Mm -hmm. So leprosy was a sin. It was, you know, you had to go outside the camp immediately. Like there was quick judgment upon it. Mm -hmm. And he said, the thing that was interesting about leprosy, it was always identified with the mouth. And there was like a crust type thing on the mouth, but God said, you take them out immediately from the camp. And he said, the reason why is because leprosy is very contagious. And if you were to stay within the camp with leprosy, then anybody that caught close to your mouth would then get leprosy. And so what he said was, if sin wasn't dealt with, then sin would multiply. And so I think oftentimes when we talk about subjects like gossip and all this kind of stuff, it's so healthy for us to understand why it's so bad. Yeah. And when we realize that sometimes 
the spread of leprosy, you don't realize that that's what's actually happening until an entire group has been infected, um, all because of something that came from the mouth. Yeah. Yeah. What would you say? I know that a common thing that I think that people, where people get pulled into gossip, I know where I have before. Um, and then I've had to go back and repent and like correct it is when you're just processing something about life. And then that snowball at some point kind of gets out of control. How do you recognize the difference between gossip and unhealthy conversation versus a processing that needs to actually happen? How do you keep them distinct from each other? Yeah. Yeah, that's good. Um, you know, it's interesting. Proverbs eleven thirteen says, whoever goes about slandering reveals secrets, but he who is trustworthy in spirit keeps a thing covered. So I think there has to be wisdom um, when you're going to talk about something like um, in terms of processing, do you actually desire restitution, restoration? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there was a story um, Elizabeth Bringle has a whole chapter on talebearing, which talebearing is kind of the Old Testament version of gossip. Mm-hmm. And it, uh, and she says there's two types of talebearing. There's one where you just blatantly want to ruin somebody's reputation, and then there's another type of um, talebearing, which is you're not blatantly trying to do evil, but you're not intentionally trying to do good. So you're just going on your way, talking about things. And and she told of the story of this girl who was just like in the Salvation Army. And she's like, did you hear about so-and-so? He's being a hypocrite. Everybody's talking about it. And these three soldiers in the Salvation Army said, Have, do you know that for a fact? Like, did you talk to them? Do you know for a fact that this has happened? And she was like, well, I don't know it for a fact, but everybody's saying it. And so they said, so you're being a tail bearer because you don't actually know what happened. And you're telling us who actually can't do anything about it, except you're marring their character to us. Mm-hmm. So you're just being a random babbler. And she didn't realize that. She didn't see it in that kind of a light. And so um, I think when we realize, are we doing this just to talk about it? Or are we genuinely seeking restoration and restitution? Yeah. Um, and I feel like if, if we came through that process, we would have a lot more wisdom as if we should share something or not. Yeah. So when share an example of maybe when you've been in a situation and you saw that it was starting to go south, go into gossip and you were able to like maybe correct it or redirect it. A, what was your indicators that you needed to redirect? And then B, how did you do that? Man, that's good. Well, gosh, I'm trying to think. <laughs> I I have an example of when I got caught up in it and I realized it after it was it. What's funny is it was. Um, something that seemed, it's kind of like what I talked about. We weren't intentionally doing good, but we weren't set to do something evil either. And it was, there was a, a group of girls at my house and all of a sudden something got brought up about a couple other of our friends and how dirty they were. Like their bathrooms were dirty. And it was just like, and it just kind of got on this snowball of like laughing about it, about how disgusting it's like, did you not ever clean your bathroom growing up and all this kind of stuff. And, and I sensed it there a little bit like, man, this is kind of like, like if they were here, this probably wouldn't be good. And it really wasn't until the girls left that I just on the inside felt sick. I was like, dude, that was so ugly. Like there was nothing like we love them. We weren't intentionally, but it just got on this kickball of kind of just dogging some of our dear friends about 
the way they kept their bathroom. You know what I mean? And I felt super convicted. So I just called, I called the girls that were at my house and I, you know, just repented. And I said, Hey, that was not the kind of friend that I want to be. There was nothing about that that was honoring to our friends. And I'm so sorry that I even let that happen in my house. Um, And so I think I probably noticed it in the midst, but we were just laughing and just, it was funny that it was hard to be like, oh, I need to stop this, you know, until they left. And it was like the Holy Spirit conviction, just like sickening to my stomach. Like that was gross. I don't want to be like that, you know? Yeah. I, I feel that. I feel like, um, I, my mom always taught me growing up. She said, if you can't say it in front of them, you shouldn't say it when they're not in the room, you know? And as simple as a principle as that is, the older that I get, the more I realize how rare it is that people live by that, you know? And I feel like that in itself makes it important that I live by that. And I have definitely failed to live by that many times. Um, But like you, every time I, I get that check in my heart, I'm just like, then I just, then you're so grieved and miserable. It's like, oh, I have to go fix this right now. (laughs) And so that's one principle I like to follow. Um, But then I feel like one area that, that I know I got hung up on. And sometimes like we would, we would teach our, our Bible school students or our college students, like how to treat people with honor, you know, like a culture of honor is what we were after where people would feel safe and feel like, yeah. And they could be human and, and people were not going to like throw them under the bus for it. Um, mm-hmm. But then the, the flip side of the coin that we found surfacing is that when there was an issue or when mm-hmm. someone saw something concerning, they then didn't know what to do with it because they're like, I don't want to be dishonoring. I don't yeah. want to gossip, but I feel like this needs to be known. But how do I do that in a way that's not gossip? <laughs> you know? So what would be your wisdom for someone who's like, okay, I understand, you know, we need to not spread negative things. How do people handle negative things productively with a heart of reconciliation? I think what Winky talked about when it came to leprosy was so good that, um, I think it's in, was it Ezra that he talked about, but essentially dealing with stuff speedily, And so we had an issue in our ministry and it was like a few people and it was the same thing where things were happening and I could tell a little bit of gossip and some slandering was happening, but I would meet up with them and it was like, I wanted to give them the benefit of the doubt. You know, I wanted to just like believe the best and, um, what I should have done is I, I should have dealt with it speedily like what he said, and essentially like leprosy, if you have someone that is spreading anything that it's like, this has to get dealt with right now, or it will multiply. And unfortunately for us in our ministry, it multiplied. And I mean, it just spread bad ideas, all this kind of stuff so early on. But I think the thing that I learned from it is we've got to get good at just having healthy communication with people. So um, something simple, you have someone that is looking ugly at you every day that you come into the office and you know you've searched your heart you're like man am I just seeing this wrong you know like okay maybe they had a bad day and then you realize now like it's every day they literally look like they hate me they're rolling their eyes at me and you have two options you can either go to somebody and say hey do you see the way this person's looking at me like do you blah 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 right 
But in this moment, you're actually spreading with your mouth some leprosy because you're spreading division. And now the way they're going to view that person is going to be marked by that. Or we can ask Jesus for humility and go up to that person and say, hey, I really love you. I, I feel like when I've walked in, I've just noticed this. Is there anything like between us that we can talk about? And so that is something that I've had to grow in a lot is going to the source and just going quickly before talking to anybody outside of Jesus about it. That's really good. I know I have found that I've been on both sides of the equation where I was the leader and I was responsible for gossip that was happening around us and and in our ministry or whatever. Um, But then I've also been on the flip side where I needed to express something and didn't know who I could talk to. Right. And so when I've been the leader, like what you're saying, I feel like for anyone who is experiencing gossip around them and they're like, how do I deal with this? What I have found to be helpful is if you're, if you're a leader and you're responsible, you need to confront it period. Like it's just, it's a poison. It's like a cancer. It will spread. You just need to confront it. And sometimes that means, you know, just giving them the opportunity to talk to you freely about what's going on. It stays in that conversation. It doesn't go anywhere, but then you're able to, at the same time, you offer them the relief and feeling heard that they need, but then you confront the behavior that was out of line. And you can say, well, listen, I always want you to know that when you're not around, we're going to protect you. Um, if your name comes up in conversation and I'm asking you to do the same thing for other people, when other people's names come up, you're going to protect them. And so like confront it. So if you're in a situation where something needs to be addressed, if you're in a position of confronting it, you confront it. If you're in a position where you need to speak up, you find someone you can speak up to. If you're like, I don't feel like I'm seeing right. I need advice. Counsel is fine. As long as the counsel is meant to help you solve the problem. Yes. Um, and then otherwise you just eventually at some point you need to go directly to the source. And um, as a pastor, and I'm sure you've probably experienced this as well. I feel like one of the most damaging things that we see in the church is gossip. Mm-hmm. Would you agree with that? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Why would you say that gossip is so destructive? What does it do to the person that's being gossiped about? Yeah. I mean, we say people have value because they're made in the image of God. So everybody has intrinsic value because there's the image of God inside them. And so when you speak about somebody, when you dishonor a person, um, you mar the image of that person. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, just recently, it's so funny. I had a friend kind of confide in me about somebody else and it has honestly, it was a little bit, it probably went more of like, their anger and bitterness of hurt towards this person. But because of that, I've had to battle now when I'm around this person, I see it still kind of unsure of honestly, they should have even said it to me because now I see it. And so oftentimes when dishonor happens, and this is what I'll say is it wasn't said to me in a, how can I really resolve this? It was like, Hey, this is just what it is. You know, it's always been, you know, and and I'm like, ah, but it doesn't have to be that way. But what's funny is I now see, and, it, and it's been even for me, hard to view this person on a neutral level because of how they were portrayed to me. And so I think that's the biggest thing is we have to realize like what we say, we talk about leprosy, like it's actually a really big deal. Like when we speak about somebody, it affects 
effects. And when people listen, it affects people and it affects their view of that person and um, that person's ability to even grow out of that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when I view with that kind of extremity, I'm going to have a little bit more fear and hesitancy to like be quick to go and talk about it. Right. And so, um, so yeah, I think if we, again, we talk about God being father and how much he loves and cares for us. If we could learn that, you know, Psalms 139 says, search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me, see if there's any anxious way in me. And if there is, lead me in the way of the everlasting. Mm -hmm. And if we could be quick on asking God, is there something here that I'm not seeing? How do I need to walk forward and actually walking in step with the spirit so we don't gratify the lust of the flesh, which is just to talk about whatever we're mad about, then I think we'd see more fruit in the kingdom of God and we'd see more restoration like what you're talking about, the ministry of reconciliation. We've been given that. Mm -hmm. So let's march in that versus the temptation to just fulfill the lust of the flesh, which is to feel validated in our hurt. Right, right. And I, and something I want to call out that you and I had talked about in our conversation before, um, when we were discussing this is when we, when we, as a person, let's say somebody's done something that's offended you and there's, you have an opportunity to take offense in that moment. And let's say you just hurt, whether they validly sinned against you or whether they just did something and it just hurt you because a lot of times that comes down to miscommunication or misunderstanding. If our instinct response is to go and find someone to talk about it with, then what we do is we're seeking validation. Tell me I'm not crazy. Tell me, tell me I'm not crazy for feeling slighted by this. Oh yeah, that's, I would have felt that way if they made that face at me too. You know, we're looking for validation, but what we miss in that moment is that quite likely God allowed that situation to happen to highlight something that's broken or fragmented in our own soul that actually needs to be addressed. Let's say I have insecurity and I go into a situation or like, you know, with Michaela, when I first met her, my insecurity surfaced because she didn't respond to my message. Right. And so what it did is that she didn't do anything wrong. It was a misunderstanding, but what I could have done is I could have run with it and started to develop this negative perception of her because Mm -hmm. my insecurities were then speaking to me. Yeah. Instead, what, what I needed to do and what I did is like evaluate, okay, generally that's insecurity talking. You don't need to, you know, nobody's a bad guy here. Give the benefit of the doubt, whatever. So in those situations, we can run with offense. We can run with the voice of our insecurity. We can run with the voice of our fear. We can run with our disappointed expectations or instead of running and gossiping, we can turn to the father first and search our heart, our heart first. God, I'm bothered. Firstly, why am I bothered? Is there something that you're trying to deal with inside of me first? Because in our attempt to seek validation, we oftentimes will get the validation we're seeking. Then what happens is the pain is soothed, but the actual root problem was never, ever dealt with. And so then it's going to come up again later. And so how many times have we actually protected the uh, broken fragmented places of our hearts or bondages or lies that we're bound by because we went and sought validation from a friend in gossip rather than going to the Lord in prayer first. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, 
I feel like that's been my life walking with God. Cause I, I have been the most, I'm like the most insecure person in the world. I feel like that's been my thing from day one where I can um, just feel really small, very easily, blah, blah, blah. Right. But what I have learned is that God allows me to feel that rise up because there's still validation from man that I seek. That's not, that's not right. Like um, my confidence should be that I am a child of God and that he's given me everything I need for life and godliness. And I can go out and like what you said, reconcile, like let's be reconciled to God. And, and my value is, is what it is because of Jesus and because of who he is in me. And so Amber Deershaw said this to me. She was, she was a big deal in my life. Like 10 years ago, she said, oftentimes people like hurt us and we're so mad about it. She was like, but when we learn that that hurt is rising up something in here, like something in me is being clinged against. Mm -hmm. And if I just learn to press into that and say, why is this like, why do I feel small around so-and-so, you know? okay, let, let's press into that. Why does this person looking at me a certain way make me feel so insignificant, you know? And, and using these as, you know, part of dying daily to self and being, you know, Jesus said, take up your cross daily and follow me. Like we're constantly being molded and shaped into the image of Christ. And those moments really are blessings because it's showing us we're still growing and there's still more that God's wanting to do and free us of, you know, the praise and acceptance of man, like to be free of that would be beautiful. And he actually desires that. And he uses those moments of hurt or, you know, miscommunication, misunderstanding as moments to where we can really depend upon him and get our value from him. Yeah, absolutely, man. That's so true. I know I think about situations where, and this all ties to gossip, you guys, because gossip always comes out of an offense, right? Yeah. Most, most times, sometimes gossip just comes out because people are bored, but a lot right. of times gossip comes out of offense. And when we can deal with offense in a way that is responsive to what God's spirit is trying to do in that situation because he orders our steps and so if our if buttons especially if I've seen in my life especially if the same kind of button keeps getting pushed in a period of time like this fear keeps or I feel like overlooked and then I feel overlooked and then I feel overlooked and then I feel overlooked I'm like wait hold up (laughs) surely all these people didn't plot (laughs) to overlook me (laughs) you know and so when you see patterns like that that's when you, you, or even before the patterns, if you're really quick, be paying attention. When you see like Michaela's talking about a flare up in your heart, you're always on a journey of being made more like Christ. And he wants us healthy on the inside, because when I walk healthy on the inside, I more readily fulfill the calling that's on my life. And I'm full of more peace and full of more joy. And so anyways, but I've seen how when I have taken those little offenses and turned to either gossip or processing, seeking validation, I neglect to deal with actually my root issue. But the problem with that is God in his faithfulness will continue to allow that root issue to be antagonized. But it seems like every situation that antagonizes it gets a little more severe. Yeah. (laughs) Because he's like, okay, you didn't catch on that time. Let's a little more maybe you'll catch it this time. It'll be a little more severe, you know? And so what is your process, Michaela, 
and we'll we'll wrap up with this. What is your process of from your moment? Because I want it to be real practical for my listeners, so they could be like, okay, I could do that. Um, from the moment you're offended or something happens, and then your thought process to the next step of like gossip or take it to Jesus, and then maybe how you've handled it well, and then what you've seen happen when you haven't handled it well, and then how you find resolution. Yeah, that's good. Um, yeah, I think the Psalms 139, where I'm just asking the Lord, okay, show me what's going on here. Um, and you said it early, giving people the benefit of the doubt. I think that's just huge. You know, we say that love, the Bible says, love hopes all things, love believes all things. And I, and oftentimes that has saved me just believing the best in somebody else. Um, so really searching my heart and I, I have kind of made a, I make like a rule. I will never talk about a staff person to another staff person, Yeah, you know, um, just ever, you know, there's, it's going to mar their image. I'm going to ask God, if I need to process this out, would you give me somebody that's trustworthy? That's going to help me if I'm really having an issue um, figuring out the best way to go about it. So Lord, would you, would you give me that person? So even to the detail of like seeking wisdom on that. Um, but yeah, oft, I will say 95% of the time, I feel like it's God's will just do something in my heart. 5% of the time, I probably do need to like get counsel and figure out where I need to go. But more often than anything, we just get offended really easily. <laughs> we just do. And, and I think people, it's just not, it, it does happen, but it is more rare for somebody to actually be trying to hurt you yeah. than anything, you know? And so, you know, when it says love covers, you know, and I think it's James or Peter, where it talks about love covers, we can actually choose to cover people when they offend us. And so, um, so yeah, I think I'm constantly there. Francis Assisi has this prayer of peace. And the second part I wanted to read because I think it's so good. And he says, oh, divine master, grant that I might not so much seek to be consoled, but as to console, mm -hmm. to be understood, but to understand, yeah. to be loved as to love. For it is in giving that we receive. It is in pardoning that we are pardoned. And it is in dying that we are born to eternal life. And I just think, I am like, God, help me to care more about loving than being loved. You know, the more we focus on our self, the more self-centered we seem to become. But God, if you could help me just take what's happening here and, and like what you're saying, be used for your kingdom. Help me to be a ministry. Help me to love and serve and pardon. Um, and I think the Holy Spirit really will help us do that because he's wanting his church to be unspotted. He's wanting his church to be a mighty force to be reckoned with. And that's going to happen when us in the church learn how to handle offense well and not spread leprosy, but actually be spreaders of restoration. Right. Right. I love that. I know. I think one thing that's important to me too, when I'm evaluating, if I'm going to speak about someone to someone is I always try to ask myself, I think you hit on this a little bit. Is it going to mar their image of this person? Yeah. If it is going to damage their image of this person, I have no business doing that. We don't want people to do that to us, you know, and, and I'm so thankful actually our years in Chi Alpha, we had trained our staffing and our, and our 
community there to be a community of, of honor. And I realized that we never had major issues with gossip. We just didn't. And I remember being really vulnerable with my staff, even in difficult moments. And I never feared that they were talking about me when I wasn't in the room. I never feared it because I saw how they protected other people. And I saw how they guarded what they would say and they would give the benefit of the doubt. And it was huge. And so we all have the ability to create an environment like that. You can create that environment at work where your coworkers, they're watching to see how you talk about other people. Yeah. And that tells them how you'll be talking about them. And it tells them how it's okay to talk about you. (laughs) And so um, anyway, so I feel like, I feel like we hit some really great stuff in here uh, with this episode. So if you guys have any questions about this episode, feel free to reach out and, and ask about this, but let me leave you with a little story that I feel like is such a great redemptive picture of leaning into the Lord as our defense when offenses do come instead of leaning into gossip. We had been at a church years back and there was a big messy, our pastor died of cancer and in the transition out, um, it was just messy. You had people's grief and then not sure who needed to take over what, you know, so it got a little messy. And at what point, one point there was someone in the church um, who, who knew the pastor very well, um, who threatened one of our elders and the elder, you know, he's such a man of God, like spends hours with the Lord every day, has like the whole Bible memorized practically. He just seeks to love well, you know, and that elder threatened, or sorry, the, that person threatened the elder. They sent him an email and said, if you guys try to do anything with the church, blah, 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 this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to come after you and I'm going to harm you, whatever. I don't even know exactly what was in the email. I just know he threatened his life. And so that elder had a choice in that moment. Mm. he had a choice like we all have a choice when offenses come um to go and tell people about it and defend ourselves or to get direction from the lord and process it like you're saying to protect and his heart of course is always for reconciliation and so he just decided in his heart he said okay i'm gonna let Stephen know because right now he's the superior authority at the church since the pastor had died He said, I'm going to let Stephen know so there's accountability and someone's aware. He said, but otherwise I'm deleting this email and nobody will know about it. And so he deleted the email. He shared it with Stephen briefly and that was it. And he said, Lord, you're my defense. You can go to my defense. And he chose not to gossip about it. He chose not to go to the defense or freak out. The next week, the man who'd written him that email, he lost his job. He broke his leg and his house got struck by lightning. Oh my gosh. I know. So I was like, well, then that's what happens when we take our hands off. We don't use our voice as a weapon against this person. We allow the Lord to be our defense. There are, of course, appropriate times when we need to speak up. If you're in an abusive situation, you need to get help. Seeking help is part of seeking restoration and seeking reconciliation, getting to a safe place. Counselors, a senior pastor, um, a close trusted like uh, spouse or, or close friend who can help you take safe steps to get safe that's normal and healthy but i'm talking just regular your day-to-day offenses that we would do well to um search our heart seek re- reconciliation and trust the mess to the lord because he really will go to our defense yeah and that's good i know isn't that crazy i was like that's wild get it jesus <laughs> i yeah. mean not that i wanted those things to happen to him i really didn't <laughs> it yeah. made me sad for him but at the same time i was uh, the fear of the Lord <laughs> sat in my heart <laughs> over yeah. 
<laughs> don't see that, that. that reality. It's like, you will always reap what you sow. And so if you sow peace, you're going to reap peace. And I think that's the beauty is like us remembering I can be, I can control what I sow. Uh-huh. And when we realize every time we open our mouth, we're going to sow something mm-hmm. and we can either benefit the kingdom of God and eternity or we can, like what you said earlier, damage what God's trying to do. And um, uh, yeah, I just always think it's a privilege that God's chosen to use us to propel the kingdom of God. And I'm like, God, help me just be on that side, whatever, however, even in every circumstance, it's just an opportunity for me to learn how to do that with, with the Lord. Yes. And he puts so much weight, weight and belief and confidence in us. And yeah. that's why he toes a tight line because he takes our anointing seriously. And that's why he takes our sin seriously. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So sure. good. Okay. So we're going to dive into life hacks guys. So stay with me. For today's life hack, Miss Michaela, again, whipped out her genius and has a great idea. Now, Michaela, first, you sell beauty counter, don't you? I do. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. Oh, look at that. Okay, guys, we should have pointed you to Michaela if you for all your beauty <laughs> counter needs. Um, and so find her on Instagram if you want to check out her beauty counter and have her be your representative. But she has a neat little life hack. Beauty counter has a clay mask that people love. Yeah, yeah it's a charcoal. It's a charcoal clay mask and it's amazing. Um, it essentially just, um, it has activated charcoal in it. So it pulls out the toxins from your pores. Well, a much cheaper version, not everybody can buy a $40, $45 face mask. Yeah. Um, you get more in there. It's not just one mask, but you know what I'm saying? Well, there's this, you can get bentonite clay and you can order this off Amazon. It's the, get the brand Redmond, R-E-D-M-O-N-D. Bentonite clay and how bentonite clay works is when it's activated with water, it has an electric charge. So you mix it up without any, you don't want to use metal because that actually messes up how it works. So you have to use like plastic or something like that. And you can make a face mask out of it and it does the same thing. It literally attracts, it will pull out impurities, um, excess oil from your pores because of the electromagnetic charge that it has when mixed with water. And so you put that on your face, leave it on for 15, 20 minutes. And it's the most amazing cheap version of a really great face mask. You can also use it as a detox bath. If you're sick, pour it in the bathtub, um, with some Epsom salt and it will draw out toxins from your body. Um, people will do it after like maybe a vaccine or something to try to get excess metals or anything like that, that were in the vaccine out. So it's a really great cheap way to get a really amazing face mask. That, okay. Well, that explains why your complexion looks so awesome. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. Well, thank you for sharing that. I'm going to have to go check that out on Amazon. So you guys, anything we mentioned in here, we'll drop the links below. Um, and uh, Michaela, any books or whatever that you reference that you know that you have links for given to me and I'll, I'll throw them in the, in the show notes, but you guys, thanks for listening. And again, share these episodes with your friends, especially if you're like, Hey, that was great. I feel like my friend would really benefit. And if you guys listen, snag a screenshot, throw it in your Insta stories and tag me because I love to reshare. And I love seeing uh, who all is listening to the show. So thank you again, Michaela, for joining, joining me for the show, your wisdom was such a blessing. You're awesome. It was so fun. All right, you guys have a great week. We'll see you next Thursday.
Thanks so much for tuning in to today's show. For those of you who've rated or shared this podcast on social media, thank you. Reading your comments and reviews always means so much to me. Listen, let's stay connected. Come follow me on Instagram at Java with Jen, where you can follow the latest and say hey. It's a really great way to stay in touch. Many of you have also asked how you can support the show. You can make donations through the Anchor app or on Patreon. Or, of course, by sharing, rating, and reviewing on social media and iTunes as well. Your heartfelt feedback always reminds me why I do this. Also, we have merch coming. Stay tuned, and I'll let you know when it hits the stores. Until next time, remember, you will fulfill your greatest destiny one day at a time.